I'm going to uh, bring a message out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. It's the whole chapter, but I want to key on this one verse. And then uh, as I bring the message this morning, perhaps you can be looking through that chapter and seeing some of the things that Solomon was sharing with uh, his son, I believe, on uh, how he should conduct himself in life. And uh, I've entitled this Growing Good People, Growing Good People. And I want to share a couple little stories uh, with you. I enjoyed that reading a while ago very much. This is a, it's kind of a letter between a father and a son. And then the son shares his views with his father. It says, Dear Daddy, I'm a great big man like you. When I'm a great big man like you, I want to do just like you do. I'm going to go just where you go. I want to know all that you know. I ju I'm just a growing awfully big and walking in the tracks you dig. I think it won't be very long. I'm growing fast and getting strong. And soon I'll go to town with you and be your partner all day through. And just I'm just a little man, a little great big man, and getting like you fast as I can. The father writes back and he says, Dear son, I'm glad you want to be like me, yet I must change some things I see. If you will do just what I do and follow me the whole length through, then I'll pray for strength and power to walk with a Christ-like every hour and leave tracks along the way which lead to joy and endless day. Uh, as a father of three sons, uh, I learned a lot from my dad when I was growing up. Uh, he taught me a lot of good, wonderful things to live by and how to treat people and how to act before people. But I've also learned by having children that my sons have taught me a great deal. Uh, I hope your children have taught you lessons as well. Uh, I've found that uh, outside of trying to live for Jesus and be the kind of Christian person I'm supposed to be, that uh, raising children is a most difficult job because you don't know. There's no handbook written down. You just you have to go with it and try to do the best you can. And I think this is where Solomon was at when he talked about growing good people. Uh, Solomon believed in this chapter 22 of Proverbs, believed that we should love our children, we should nourish them, uh, and in the beginning of their lives, instruct them as soon as they start to understand things. So we're going to talk a little bit this morning about teaching our children, fathers teaching their children. I want to read just verse 6, and then as, you, uh, as I go through this, you can kind of check this, these other verses out. He says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want to start out by saying this. A lot of people have misconstrued this passage of Scripture. They tend to read into that, that if I teach my children well when they're young, until they become young adults, they will, uh, if they fall away, if they get away from God, that uh, one day they're going to come back. That's not what this passage of Scripture says. This pastor says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. 
teach them when they're, old, when they're young, and they are intended or supposed to stay with this teaching until the day they die. You know, and I do too, that this scripture does not teach that a child can fall away from God at some point in his life, and we absolutely know he's going to come back. That doesn't, that doesn't work, does it? It's not worked in perhaps some of the people's lives that I know, perhaps in my own children's lives. So I want to set that straight. Let me read that again to make sure you understand. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It says nothing about falling away and coming back. So let's look at some of the teachings Solomon is, has, uh, has given to us through this passage, through this uh, chapter in this, in this uh, Proverbs 22. He says, Fathers, teach your children the value of a good name. It has earned the respect of others. This is something also that my father taught me. Never do harm to your family name, because others have found respect for those that have that name. Your child's reputation is how people know them and often judge you as a father. I had an instance in my life. Now, I'm going to refer to me because I know me better than I do you. When I was just a little boy in the first grade of school, uh, I was sitting in a chair, and I remember this like it was yesterday because it really stuck with me. I had a piece of paper wadded up, and I threw it in the floor. My teacher, whose name was Ms. Rose Peeney, she uh, came back and asked me to pick the paper up. Well, I remember picking it up. She said, now I know what kind of parents you have. I thought, my dad never taught me to throw paper in the floor. He never taught me to do those things. But my action reflected on him. I never again did anything like that to draw attention that would hurt my father's name. As you're raising up your children, teach them that a good name is very valuable to them. We also should teach our children to know from whom they came. A family history. Now, I think some people in here are into genealogy. I think maybe Judy is. I'm not much into that, but I like to know from the people I came. Roger and I, back on Memorial Day, we took a little trip, and we went down to, uh, to Lynn to visit my father's grave and my mother's grave. Well, she's buried here in Mexico, but to see from whom I came. And as we walked through the cemetery, we saw all these headstones with my family name on them. And we began to remember who they were and what they did. Some of them died long before we were born, but through our parents, through our father, we started to know some of the things about these people. Teach your children from where they came. It's amazing to me anymore that a lot of kids don't know much past their dad and mother, sometimes grandparents, but uh, after that, they kind of lose track. So uh, teach them to know the family history from where they came. Teach them to be glad for the family they're in and never bring harm to that family name. Teach them to be glad to be part of that family. I'm glad to be part of my family. I'm even glad to be part of Linda's family. They took me and treated me like a son. 
So as fathers, we need to teach our children these things. We need to teach them the importance of humility. The scripture says pride goes before fall. It's important that we teach them these things. Teach them to encourage others. It's very easy to try to pat ourselves on the back, but if we'll teach our children to be encouragers of other people, it'll reflect upon them and upon you as well as a parent, as a father. These things, Solomon said, teach your children. It's important to do that. I really feel like the person who knows who they are never needs to feel themselves more important than others. I, I know a lot of folks that, well, maybe not a lot, but I know a lot of folks that have low self-esteem. And low self-esteem tries to build itself up to where it seems to be more important than the person really is. We need to encourage others that they are more important than ourselves. And even when it comes to our own children, teach them that they are important, that they don't need to go around proving who they are if they know already who they are. Modesty, too, is a virtue. Very few people that I know like a show-off. Y'all like show-offs? Braggarts? Boy, I'm better than you are. I do a lot more stuff than you do. I'm a lot happier than you are. I've got better children than you have. As we go through these things, people start to shy away from these kind of folks. Teach your children the, the, the importance of being humble instead of a show-off. Teach them to recognize evil in the world because it's there. Something that we've got away from, and, and I had a class on Sunday night after worship service uh, just a few weeks ago or a month or so ago to teach people, teach your children especially, to know that there is evil in the world, that things are not always going to be happy and, and, and joyful in their life. Teach them to recognize these things. If the Bible teaches us nothing else, it teaches us this. There are absolutes in life. The world we live in today, especially in America, doesn't see the world that way. If it's good for them, well, in my generation as I was a young man growing up, the saying was, if it feels good, do it. That's a terrible way to live your life. It's called relativism. What we need to do is let people know that there are absolutes in Christian life and in the world we live in today. There are things that God tells us that we must do. There are things that God tells us we must not do. Absolutes. It happens. If we teach our children to know absolutes, if it feels good, do it, go ahead, they're going to have a miserable life. So we need to teach that to them. We need to teach them that knowing the difference between what's right and what's wrong is a matter of life and death, literally, as well as spiritually. Teach them well when they are young. We also need to teach our children that they must qualify a lot of things for themselves. It would be nice, I guess, maybe it wouldn't, if we just knew this is bad and that's good and we need to go the good way all the time, but 
God laid open a whole area of gray. And in these gray areas, we need to teach our children to be good in the decisions they make because it's very easy to make a wrong choice in life. When you don't have this guide that says these things you do and these things you don't, these things you need to choose whether they're good for you or not. Teach them to make good decisions for themselves. If there's one thing that I think I failed at as a father is not to teach my children to make good decisions, lasting decisions, and that's important. Teach them to be wise in the decisions they make. Second point, fathers teach your children how to live in the world because not all the world is going to love them the way you do. We'd like to think this little angel I have, I'm going to raise them up and everybody's going to love them just like I love them. Doesn't work that way. We need to teach them. Teach them these things. That some things in the world are not going to be good for them. Wisdom. (laughs) Here's something that... uh, My father taught me I didn't pick up on very well. Wisdom in matters of finance. Teach your children how to use the money that they will be making. Money is a tool used to achieve an end. That's all money is. I had a a very dear, well, I say family member named Frances, and she told me once money isn't worth anything if you don't spend it. Well, isn't that true? How many of you got a $500,000 in the bank and it's just laying there? I'm not using it for anything, but I got it. Well, you know, we could use some air conditioning around here, I think. But teach your children to be wise with the use of their money. Here's a lesson I learned, not from my father, but from myself, and I've tried to pass this down to my children as well. Make sure that the goals you set with what you have is a positive thing and and worthwhile. Sometimes we get into areas that uh, may seem positive for the moment, but in the end there's a disaster. Now, I don't know how many of you in here have credit cards, and I don't want to know. But I want you to teach your children, and this I did get across to my sons. Credit cards are a good thing for certain purposes. (laughs) I want to make sure I say this right, so I want to go back and read this to you. Credit cards are like a shotgun. Credit cards are like a shotgun. They can feed you. Can't they? Sure they can. They can feed you, but they can also put you under. I went through a period about 20 years ago, and I think Linda and I were trying to see how many credit cards we'd accumulate. Not not just accumulate, but max out. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take long to where you've maxed them out. And then you gotta pay all that back, and then it gets tough. So be careful. Teach them to use their credit they will get. Teach them wisely how to use that credit that they have. It's important for you to teach them the financial part of this world we live in. 
it's very easy to get, get in over your head. Now, having talked a little bit about finance and teaching your children the best things to do with money, teach them to be generous because generosity is a godly virtue. Generosity is a godly virtue. The scripture says on this subject, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I think that's true. Because only those who are cheerful givers know how good it feels when you give. Be a cheerful giver and teach your children the same thing. Not just generous with money, but be generous with their lives and sharing it with other people. It's important that they know how to deal with the world when it comes to finance and those types of things. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Teach them to love is very important. Teach them to love from a pure heart, a pure heart, without bad motivation. Teach them to be pure in their love for others. Teach them that love is to be unconditional. True love is unconditional. No matter what your sons or daughters do to you and no matter what you do to them, the love between you has to be unconditional. I know you're doing things wrong, but I love you anyway. I love you all the more. Love is the motive for the two greatest commandments that are given to us. To love God with all that's in you and to love your neighbor as yourself. And these fulfill the whole laws of the Old Testament. Teach them the danger of idleness. This is very important. My father did a very good job on the, me and Roger both in this area. Because when we said we were bored, I don't ever remember saying that, do you? Because if we even looked like we got bored, we found something to do. Or he would find us something to do. Teach them the danger of idleness, just to do nothing, just to do nothing. A couple of scriptures back that up. It says, the idle man will suffer hunger, Proverbs 19, 15. The one that scares me the most that uh, a lot of us don't pay attention to anymore is if anyone will not work, neither let him eat. That's in 2 Thessalonians 3, 10. So we need to teach our children how to live in this world that they're in. Idle hands, my grandmother used to say, are the devil's workshop. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. They bring trouble to themselves and to others when they don't know how to take care of themselves in these areas. Third point I want to make. Fathers, teach your children to be upright and honest. Upright and honest. My father did a very good job with that with me and Roger to be honest with people. Don't lie. I've told uh, more than one. I'd rather somebody get me out in the street and beat me with a two before than to lie to me. Don't lie. Lying hurts. And it's a mortal sin to lie. So teach your children to be honest and direct. Teach them not to take advantage of others just because they can. I've seen this happen in the workplace. You have a supervisor over you that wants to make your life miserable just because he can. Teach your children not to be that way. Teach your sons not to do that. Don't use your position to bring disharmony among others. 
You know, there are people in this world that just dearly love just to stir up trouble. We had a fellow like that that I remember, and he was even in the church. And he would say something and then leave and then let the others discuss it and get mad at one another when he could have just kept his mouth shut. So teach your children these things. Teach them how to live in this world that they're going to be living in. Teach them to choose their friends wisely. This is very important. Teach them to choose their friends very wisely. Not every child that comes around your child is going to be good for them. Teach your children. I made a terrible mistake with my oldest son a long time ago. We had a, we had a young man in the church, and he was kind of a loner, kind of a lone wolf kind of guy. I didn't think he was really a bad person, and I encouraged my son to get involved in his life, to bring him into the church. But you know what happened? Went the other way. Instead of my son involving him in his life, he involved my son in his life. And it led to catastrophe. So be careful who your children are with. Know where they're at. That's one thing that uh, we had in our neighborhood out there. We lived across the street from, from uh, Wilbur Sharp. And Wilbur... And my father knew where Roger and I were because we were either at his house or our house. And that was good. We knew who our children were with. Very important how they pick their children and, or their, their friends. Help them to, to pick their, children, their friends wisely. A couple of passages of scriptures back this up for me. The companion of fools will suffer harm. That's in Proverbs 13, 20. A more well-known one, I suppose, is in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, bad company corrupts good morals. Teach your children to choose their friends wisely. One who tries to get your child to do something wrong is no friend. No friend. Be careful. Who your children associate with is, is likely who they will become. Be careful who your children are with. Teach them not to be taken unfair advantage of. <laughs> Y'all remember when there used to be encyclopedia salesmen going door to door? Y'all remember, anybody remember that? Did you buy them? Lucky you. I bought a whole set. I was a young man. My oldest son was about four years old or five, and he came in the house and said, you really need these books. They're going to help your child through their education. It's going to be a wonderful thing for them. And I don't know how many hundreds of dollars we spend over a long period of time paying for those books. Uh, those books are now in the library in Calio Christian Church because I don't think most of them were ever opened. Teach your children to be wise and not be taken advantage of because there are people in this world that will take advantage of your children. Fathers, teach your children to be wise in their dealings with those in the world. Teach them not to become what the scripture calls surety. Surety means they're responsible for another person's debt. Teach them never to be responsible for another person's debt. Now, uh, sometimes we get involved in that 
for our own kids. We'll go put our name on a piece of paper so our child can buy a car. Uh, that's okay. You can do that. But uh, you want to make sure Mr. Salmons back there knows that you're going to pay him if that kid don't. Okay? Because the debt is yours, not his, when you put your name on that paper. Be careful and teach your children not to do that in the sense of other people. Don't let them be taken advantage of. Don't fall for every sales pitch that they hear. Be aware that there are those who live by using others. I've told my children there are two kind of people in the world. There are givers and there are takers. Givers and takers. And we have to be careful when we deal with the world around us which one we're dealing with. Because the takers can get you in a lot of trouble. They can get you in the same situation they're in. So be careful. Teach them well in these areas of life. Now we come to the fourth point I want to make, and it's probably the most important one. Teach them to know Jesus as their Savior. Teach them that. Begin that early in life. Their Bible education is your first responsibility. Your responsibility. Tony told us last week we're going to have a new youth minister. I'm grateful. I know he's going to do good things for this congregation and its children. And its adults too. But he's not the primary teacher in their lives. He's only going to get them maybe three hours a week on different days. You have them. You teach them. Do the best that you can so that they don't end up in this chair over here. Be careful. Be careful to teach your children about Christ as the Messiah, the Savior. The scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. We talked about that a while ago. When your child decides in his life at some point that he doesn't need Christ or the church anymore, and it's his choosing, be sure that you've taught them the truth about Christ and salvation. Because just because we think this passage says they can fall away and at some point in their life they'll come back, not true. It's not true. We wish that it was, but it isn't. This means a lifetime of Christian service, a lifetime of serving Christ. Now, here's an area my wife says I, uh, and maybe I do enjoy it a little. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, Ephesians 4, 6. <laughs> I love picking on my kids. I don't mean harm to them, but... Uh, I have one son. I'll just use him as an example. Uh, when he first wakes up in the morning, you're better off locking the door, okay? Because he's a bear. If you don't say anything to him and just let him get ready, he's all right. He'll get to school and do what he's supposed to do. But I could never leave it alone. I do the same thing with my grandson here. I pick on him, not because I want to make him angry, but because I love him. 
I think my son, my son understood that, but the idea was, and my wife would tell me, leave him alone. Now, I wasn't going to add this to it, but my wife is that way. When she gets up, leave her alone. But after 50 years, I haven't learned that lesson either. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Don't sit out just to make them mad just because you can do it. Their soul is immortal. Above all else that we teach our children, teach yourself as well that that child that you've brought into the world is immortal. He's going to live or she's going to live forever. She's eternal. Once the conception is made, it's an eternal thing. Make sure that they know how to get to heaven. And then help them to do that. Help them to know. It's your responsibility. A lot of times in life, when a child ends up outside of Christ, a lot of times it's our own fault. Because we did not teach them what they need to know to get there. Now, I realize in life, and I've been told this by several people, that once a child gets to a certain age, they make up their own mind about things. And I know that's true because it was that way in my life. But while you can, while you have opportunity, while they're growing up, teach them about Jesus. And hope beyond hope that the faith you have, they can learn to have. Not your faith, but their own in Christ Jesus. Good people come about by being loved, nurtured, and taught the love of God. That's what Solomon's sharing with us in this 22nd chapter of the book of Proverbs. Fathers, teach your children to know themselves, to know who they are, where they're from. Teach them to live by the Lord's wisdom and not the world's wisdom. Fathers, teach them to be honest and upright toward other people. Fathers, teach them the necessity of knowing Jesus as their Savior. Our position is one of great responsibility, Dad. Great responsibility. And while we can, we have the authority to see to these responsibilities. When we do what we're supposed to do, we give them a head start in life. Fathers, teach your children. Teach your children well. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we're grateful to you this day. We thank you, Lord, that we have children, whether they're grandchildren, nieces and nephews, however it might work out, that you and I, Father, together, can bring good things to our children. You expect it of us. Help us to do it. And Father, when we fall short, and when we fail to be the kinds of fathers we're supposed to be, put that on our heart as well. Burden us with that, that we might be better at what we're supposed to do. Watch over us this day as we go from this place, and may we enjoy our families. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.